a special bonus episode of the three in one podcast bonus. hey you know who the usual suspects are in cleveland ohio it's international ian lamont morgan confetti confetti and the nasty addy cincinnati ohio it's keith turner jr is anyone even dab anymore because i guess that's what i would be doing Dab on the key. <laughs> dab on it. Go ahead, dab on it. Hit the booze. And in Columbus, Ohio, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. So I say this is a special episode because you're getting a bonus episode this week. You should be excited. Rejoice, people. You're getting a bonus episode. <laughs> Rejoice, people. Um, <laughs> Rejoice, my subject. Celebrate. Um, <laughs> we have our first ever interview. Yeah. Um, I don't want to do too much... Too much introing because we will intro him in the next segment. Just to give you guys a little bit of a background, we recorded this prior to the NBA draft. Um, so there's a couple references to some draft stuff. Um, but just we'll got, let you guys know, we're excited about these in, this interview. And um, I'm going to kick it to myself to intro the interview. We are really excited about having our first ever guest on the 3-1 podcast. Um OU, former Ohio University Bobcat basketball player and current assistant GM of the Lakeland Magic. Give it up for Adetunji Adedipe. Hey. Appreciate it. Yes, you guys. How you guys doing? Good, good man. Glad to have you on the show today. Excellent, brother. Appreciate the invite. So, full disclosure, we have two former Bobcats, hey. OU Bobcats, on the show. OU. So, we're going to do a little bit of talking about um, Tunji's playing career at OU. Um, can you kind of give us just a, a quick um, a quick update of kind of your story, how you um, ended up at OU, and then how you were able to get on the basketball team? It, it was obviously not by a very traditional route, Correct. but um, definitely a good story for people to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I grew up in, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, east side suburb of Orange, um, and always grew up with like an academic foundation. Athletics were kind of second tier to that. So kind of got a late start, was a late bloomer, didn't really start playing football, basketball until about my freshman year of high school. So, you know, by the time I kind of got into it, I was a little kind of behind the eight ball. Uh, so when I was in college, I had walked into the football team and had done that my freshman, sophomore years, but just a combination of my body hadn't fully developed and I just hadn't grasped the nuances of football. It just, it didn't work out. Uh, so I was found at the rec center, <laughs> ping center of all places ping, ping uh, rec by, center. One of, by one of the grad school, um, coaches, one of the GAs for the men's basketball team. I guess I had a lot of anger, displaced anger, and was just taking it out. So a combination of they had a couple of roster spots open, and the way I played was just a good fit. So after a couple of open gyms, they asked me to walk on, and I walked on my junior year and, you know, somehow tricked my way into, you know, a couple starts and being part of a memorable 2010 OU uh, Bobcats team that beat Georgetown the first round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I I vividly remember that Georgetown game. Um, we were going crazy on campus. Um, for for those of you that don't remember, Greg Monroe was on that team. I mean, that was a that was a really good Georgetown team, and OU really 
uh, was able mm-hmm. to kind of shock the world to get that upset. And we were going crazy in Athens yep. when that game was going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that, that, I mean, it was a blessing, man. They had Austin Freeman, Chris Wright. Um, yeah. Monroe, you know, Chris Wright and I are good friends, and I still give him a hard time about, you know, us pulling the upset, which was one of the best days of my yeah. life. So, Touchy, tell us a little bit about um, kind of your road leading you um, – now you're in the D-League, but what kind of got you started getting into kind of front office roles and kind of leading you in this career path? Yeah, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't start off by giving praise to God uh, for kind of just really helping me out when I was at my lowest points. I mean, after I got done with school, I went and did an unpaid internship with the uh, Erie Bayhawks and the then D-League um, Went to Erie and just really didn't understand basketball. I mean, before that, before I even got into basketball, I sent my resume out to so many people the traditional way through the mail and had gotten so many rejections, But which kind of hurt. But what mattered the most was that in some of those rejections, people would call me back and would give me advice like, this is what you need to do to bolster your resume or this is what you need to do to kind of be more attractive, you know, read more books, take menial jobs. And, and I did that and I ended up in Erie. Um, as an unpaid intern, and literally my first day, I was lucky enough to be on a team with like Ricky Davis, who I looked up to when he yeah. was the Cavs, uh, Mustafa Shakur, Alex Oriaki, Lewis Jackson, uh, guys like that. And I really just dove in. I listened to the older guys like Ricky Davis, who had a playing career about what the NBA was really like, because it was an enigma to me. I thought I knew what it was, but I but I really didn't. So. I kind of just took that year and obviously I was making no money. So I was all in, you know, there was no, no turn back. Um, and, and after that year, uh, as the business goes, there was no job. So I went to IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. And I, mm. I coached mm-hmm. a JV team. Um, I worked out NBA draft prospects and I just did whatever I could to kind of learn more about basketball. Um, through the grace of God, you know, I was able to parlay that into a summer internship with Philadelphia, and that landed me into a front office internship with the Orlando Magic basketball operations about three years ago, 2015-16 season. And through that, I just kind of learned from those guys. We had Rob Henning was the GM at the time, Scott Perry, who's I can say like a father, now the GM of the Knicks, was the assistant GM, and Matt Lloyd, Anthony Parker, um, Prosper Karangwa, you know, those guys took me in and really showed me what basketball was like, but more importantly, what a family was like. And, you know, after the internship, there wasn't a job for a couple months. So I, I went back to uh, Columbus and I trained a kid that I had met at IMG, the Schmidt family. And then I was lucky enough to get a job in Erie as a BOPS coordinator and just kind of hustled, did what I had to do. And that part laid me into a bigger role within the Orlando Magic organization, um, contributing to our scouting department for Orlando and then also as the assistant GM for the Lakeland Magic, which was uh, my first year's last wow. year. It's incredible. It's dope, man. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of hard work, really a lot of prayer, man. <laughs> um, Tanji, can you talk about um, now that you um, – by the way, you know, that's a great story. I mean, that really is a story that epitomizes, you know, uh, what it means to be dedicated to something. Because, I mean, honestly, I was just sitting here listening to you talk about an unpaid internship. Like, 
I just like, good Lord. Um, that's, that's incredible. Um, so, um, so shout out to you for that. Um, but can you talk now a little bit about, um, what your experience has been like, um, uh, being around such great NBA talent. Of course you played at the collegiate level and I, of course it, it just elevates from there. So what's it been like being around so much talent and then also being able to, uh, you know, work for the NBA. What's that? What's that whole process been like? Yeah, I mean, every day I wake up and I drive into our arena and I see the magic banners, um, and I see like the history on the walls, the Penny Hardaways, the Shaquille O'Neals, or I see Bo Outlaw and Nick Anderson in the hallway. You know, I, I pinch myself because when I was a kid and I was playing NBA Live or I was playing NBA Two K, um, this was always the dream. It wasn't to be an NBA player was to be a GM or to work in a, in a front office. So, you know, every day for me is just like surreal. You know, I take a couple minutes and, and I've been here for three years going on my fourth, but I still pinch myself because it's, it's crazy. But I mean, being around this talent, um, I kind of equate it to like high school and college, you know, like my first year in the NBA, like two feet in working, it was, I felt like a freshman. Everything was fast. I didn't know what a mm-hmm. good player looked like, what a bad player looked like. Heck, they, you know, they all looked amazing. But because, because I was surrounded by such great human beings and such great teachers, um, everything slowed down. And, you know, I kind of said, like, now is, like, my junior year of, like, high school, you know, where things have slowed down significantly and, I, and I'm starting to get it and um, – feel more comfortable when we have our, you know, our meetings um, and, and all of that. So I, honestly, it's like my journey, although when I was going through it was tough and I, and I had a lot of moments where I could have broken just because it, it was, you know, making no money is tough, but, but looking back on it, being around learning under like guys like Sam Hinkie and learning under like Rob Hannigan and mm-hmm. Scott Perry's and now learning under Jeff Waltman's and John Hammonds and Anthony Parkers and Matt Lloyd's, you know, yeah, man. It, it was worth it. Like yeah. the, the road less travel was, was worth it. So yeah, if, yeah, man, so Yo. many things that you could, that you could kind of shoot off of there. So talk, talk a little bit about how important it was for you to kind of get connected with the right people. Um, obviously there's a lot of people that have experience or even a desire, but talk about kind of how you talked about Scott Perry, who's now uh, with the New York Knicks and some of your other kind of mentors in the game. Tell me, tell us a little bit about how those relationships kind of help open doors for you and maybe even open your mind to opportunities that you might have not um, seen before. Yeah, I mean, I know this, this business is relationship based. So the more tangible and authentic relationships you have, you know, the better chance you have of like staying around and learning enough so that hopefully when you get to that, that chair, you know, or that position, you can, your success can be sustainable. Um, but like guys like Scott Perry have, have been great. Anthony Parker, who I looked up to when he played with the Cavs, like I was in high school and I adored him. And I, and I tell him that all the time and, and it's kind of an ongoing joke, but having those relationships and having those people like respect you and having a chance to like develop under them, it's, you know, it's amazing because like, like you said, it just they put you with different people, and now you're exposed to people that you would have never met, you know. So, 
I learned from Scott Perry for a year, just going to his office. And it was tough because I'm a Browns fan and he's a Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. You know, his dad was one of the first African-American coordinators in the league. So, you know, he gives me a hard time. But through that hard time and that ribbing, you know, we forged a, a great friendship. I mean, that's definitely key. I mean, it's definitely key mm-hmm. for anybody. If you want to mm-hmm. go into any field, Absolutely. finding people that believe in you, that invest in you, and that actually want to see you succeed is a big part of it. No, definitely, no doubt. Faith is definitely something that all of us on this podcast, we talk about pretty openly. Um so we'd love to hear kind of the role that your faith play, played in those tough moments. Uh, you know, when you're when you're first breaking into the business and you're really trying to understand and learn and grow and maybe the opportunities aren't coming as fast. What what um, role did your faith play in that process? And then how is it even sustaining you now? Yeah, I mean, my faith was evident, I guess, throughout the story. My first year, I mean, I, I was working for free essentially and, and thank God that I have, you know, great parents that uh, you know, love and support me. But, you know, when you work for free and you and you are asked to do a lot, you kind of realize like how important like a higher being is because that's like that extra kick. Cause sometimes you feel like you're as interns, you feel like you're doing this journey by yourself. And while we all do this job because we love it and we do the internship because we want the experience, we also do the internship because we're hoping it leads to a profession. And Mm. it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to really just step out into the abyss and keep grinding when you don't know what that leads to. Um, You know, and then fast forward to last summer, uh, we had a management change and a lot of really qualified and amazing people were unfortunately let go. And all of them mm. were my mentors. And at that time, their qualifications were far superior to mine. Um, and at, at one point, I thought, you know, with these news guys coming in, they didn't really know me, that maybe I would be the next one to go. Um, mm. But I just really prayed on it and, and really let go. And, you know, now I'm talking to you as like assistant GM, you know, of a G League team, which... I always thought it was possible, but like, let's be real. Like, you know, thinking and knowing is we always want to say, we think something's going to happen. We know it's going to happen, but deep down, there's always that doubt in everybody. So the yeah. fact that it happened and that I went from being one of the oldest interns to like this, this level, it, it lets me know that as it pertains to profession, you know, God's really driving and he's really helping me outkick anything that I should have had. Yeah. I think Keith, Keith, you had another question for Tunji. You uh, having the um, working with the NBA and of course working with the D League as well. Um, of course, not specifically speaking of any one particular player um, or players, uh, but what's one thing that you know, um, that you see, uh, that, you know, some of the young guys, uh, really need within the D league to really get them over the hump into the NBA. Like what's the one thing, of course, some of them may be lacking scoring ability or whatever it may be, but what is that one thing that some of them that you see maybe across quite a few players that they may be missing to get to that next point or to that next level? 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of G League players are always like on the cusp. I mean, with the advent of like two ways, you kind of see like the the line is very very thin between back end NBA rotational player and elite G League level player. But like a lot of G League players, sometimes it's it's circumstantial. You know, there's just not really the right fit like where teams are picking towards the end of the draft just mm. don't align with like that player's skill set but most of the time that player in order for them to get there is lacking like one refined skill whether it be elite athleticism defensive prowess a playmaking ability or or an elite scoring component you know a lot of those guys like lack one category mm-hmm. that's that is like uh, superior enough to elevate them past the rest of like their G League <laughs> colleagues. Mm. Okay. Wow. Hey, uh, Tunji. Yes, sir. You know, um, I hate to harp on the Cleveland native scene here, but I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Two one six in the building, ladies two and gentlemen. Hey, two one six all day. I get flack. <laughs> I get flack at work because <laughs> you know I'm loyal to the Magic, but at the end of the day. Uh, Nigeria, which is you know where my parents are from, my lineage, um, Cleveland, and Ohio University. I rep ad nauseum in the office, so they get annoyed <laughs> when I tell them who's famous from Cleveland. So it's good to have some Cleveland love. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got to do it because um, for a minute it was Cleveland versus everybody. It's, it um, still is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, you know what, man. Back then they didn't want us. Now we hot. Okay. They all on us. Yeah. yo uh miles garrett had a quote recently man um you know said some uh had some strong viewpoints on certain player and player movement and uh how that's affecting the game just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on um on what that means you know what that's been like uh just over your career seeing player movement and the evolution of that and uh how you foresee the nba um and just basketball in general um, um, uh, evolving over these next couple years. I mean, are you an old school guy who loved, uh, you know, '90s basketball and and how the competition went and how the player movement went then, or uh, do you, as a front office exec, find it exciting uh, to see player movement like that and challenging in, in in positive ways? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I fell in love with basketball and. Like, 92, 94. I think my first recollection would be 94. Like I said previously, I'm Nigerian. So my uncle, um, who I really looked up to, who really got me hooked on basketball, he would come over and we would watch the Cavs. But I really got hooked on basketball because of, you know, my native countryman, Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, So, like, I'm rooted, you know, in that 90s basketball, watching – Robinson and Olajuwon, Ewing and Olajuwon, O'Neal and Olajuwon, you know, Jordan and Morning, whatever the the matchup was. So, I mean, like, that's when I got my affinity for basketball. I mean, with that being said, like, I still love basketball. I mean, I grew up in Cleveland, so, you know, watching the great one has always been <laughs> amazing. Ha- having the ability to watch them from growing up as a kid up until now has been just like a treat. Um, but as far as like the player movement and and people joining teams, like me personally, I don't think it's bad for basketball. You know, I think 
basketball is at a, a golden era, a renaissance, you know, not that it ever fell off, but where so much talent is coming in that inevitably you're going to have all these yeah. guys going to join up or you're going to have so many talent that guys may join up with teams, but guys may go other teams. And as a competitor and somebody who's not one to make excuses, like I look forward to the challenges of, you know, one day way, way, way down the line trying to like recruit those kinds of guys to come play in, in my organization. I, I think that's just, that's cool. Like as a competitor, you don't, you want to see how you can beat these other teams. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So real quick, Tanji, we're, um, we're running low on time, but we do definitely want to talk about what your role is um, currently with the Lakeland Magic. Um, what kind of your day-to-day duties? And then um, how do you kind of get this, get the, uh, the off-season rolling in terms of the draft, um, summer league, and maybe even some off-season training? But if you could just kind of talk to us a little bit about your role with the Magic and what you do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so, I mean, during the Lakeland season, um, I'm solely focused on Lakeland. I mean, I'll, I'll do college scouting because as Lakeland wraps up and we head into the draft and we get into the draft war room, it's always good to be cognizant of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our front office does a great job of empowering everybody to really be educated, to really bring their viewpoints and collaboratively and collectively come together with a decision. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when I'm in Lakeland every day, I, I go to practice. Um, Anthony Parker, our GM, has, has been instrumental in my development and showing me about, like, how important and how valuable it is to kind of touch the guys, you know, touch the staff, be present, and let them know how you feel um, and, that, and that you're supporting them. So I'm always visible at, at the Lakeland practices, and I travel to every uh, away game. Um, but I'm, you know, constantly watching film on every G League team during the season. Um, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond are president and GM of Orlando. Constantly in – dialogue with them in AP about like possible guys to sign from the G league to the NBA roster, possible two way guys, yep. you know, possible guys for summer league. So, you know, I, I pride myself on knowing the G league inside and out and communicating with the league when necessary. Um, we had a Bobcat on the team this past season, Antonio Campbell, that yeah. you know, was lucky. Antonio, yeah. And he, and he did his thing, you know, he helped us get to the playoffs first time in our franchise history and, we had a Buckeye, Byron Mullins, that, you know, we came in, in 22 and 15. He had a, a great season. And then as soon as the G League season's over, um, I, like I said, I live in Orlando. Orlando to Lakeland's about an hour. Um, so I drive that during the season. But after I go to the, the office in Orlando and we just have our meetings on free agency, we have our meetings on the draft. So with the draft coming up, we'll all contribute. We'll all be in the war room. We'll all be getting our final thoughts out and we'll come to a consensus on who we'll take with the sixth pick, the 35th pick, and the 41st pick. And as soon as the draft's over, AP and I will kind of branch off. We'll start figuring out what guys we kind of want to identify for our G League team and and get input from our staff in Orlando. And then it's off to Summer League in a, in a little vacation. Yeah. Yep. So it's all basketball 24-7, but – yeah. I would have it no other way. It's good life, brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, is it uh is it just me or I mean, does it seem like the league is really 
really making a push with the G League. I mean, I I've heard you know testimonials that uh, they can we could really see a, a a spike in the number of guys who uh, who do get called up and how you know it's kind of taking a turn toward the farm system that the MLB has. Have you experienced a shift in the uh, the climate in the G League? Yeah, definitely. I mean, last year they changed it from the developmental league to the Gatorade mm-hmm. League. You know, they pumped a lot of resources into it um, with the two ways. You saw, I forgot what it was. Um, you, you saw a lot of guys from two ways kind of doing the thing. Um, I mean, you had uh, some players playing meaningful minutes in the playoffs, uh, getting signed from two-way contracts to NBA contracts. Uh, we had Ronnie Purvis in our G League program that got signed to Orlando, and he played a lot. Jamel Artis um, was our two-way. You know, he played a lot. And this year they raised the salaries from seventeen to 26000 to 35000 over six yeah. months. So, so, I mean, with that, you'll see, like, an influx of talent from overseas start now coming over, you know, to the NBA. And, and I think they'll continue to raise – they'll continue to raise the salaries. And as they raise the salaries – You'll start seeing like that 17th, 18th man that goes over to China and is making a whole bunch of money stay yeah. home, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and now you're starting to see more G League games on NBA TV, on ESPN, and all of that. You know, you see them on the ticker. So the NBA is really pumping a lot of money in the G League. And you know, I tell I tell young kids now that want to get into the NBA, if you're smart, you'll try to get internship in the G League. Because the G Leagues now are so so closely affiliated with the NBA programs, and you have guys like Anthony and myself who work for Orlando but run Lakeland, that you'll have you know a better chance to do more stuff. You'll get more practical experience, and you're kind of within the umbrella. So, I mean, in a couple of years, I, I think the G League will really be like the best minor league system out there. Yeah. So, um, last last question, Tanji. What what are kind of your goals? Um, you can first talk about kind of your goals with the Lakeland Magic and the Orlando Magic, but then what, what about some of your personal goals for yourself and your career moving forward? And where would you like to see yourself in, in five years? That's tough. Uh, you brought the, <laughs> the zinger for the last one. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, my personal, I mean, my goals as it relates to the organization, you know, I would like to see Lakeland continue to take a step uh, in the right direction. Last year we made the, the first round of the playoffs and, lost a heartbreak to, to a really great Erie Bayhawks team. But I, I'd like to see us win a G League championship um, as we simultaneously get ourselves out of the bottom of the NBA basement mm-hmm. and start to kind of restore some of the magic you saw in Orlando in the Shaq Penny days and then in the Dwight days. Um, and then personally, honestly, like, I – I used to have like really ambitious goals. I mean, one day I would like to be a GM, but that could be like 30 years from now. Mm. I, I'm not in a rush to get there. I, I really just desire for it to be sustainable. You know, I yeah. want to be successful at it. So if that's 30 years from now, that's cool. Um, as long as it happens. But five years from now, like, I just hope that I'm continuing to take a step forward. Um, I, there's no like accolades that, will kind of signify that. But as long as I feel like I'm continuing to like learn under great people, like the people I've learned under and continuing to just like stay with it, I'm cool. Like I don't need the titles. I don't need the accolades. Like 
as long as I'm in the business and I'm learning and I feel like I'm putting things in my toolbox to be a gym one day, I'm perfectly wow. happy. That's a great place to be. So, Tanja, yeah, thank man, you for, for joining sure. us. Uh, we're excited. Our first guest ever on the 301 Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Good luck to you and good luck to the Lakeland Magic and the Orlando Magic this offseason and coming Yeah, in we're praying season, for you, man. boss. Yes, sir. Hey, Tanja, see you at the Super Bowl party, man. I appreciate y'all. Go Bobcats. Hey, uh, it's this year. Let's go Browns. Go Bobcats. <laughs> yep, that was our interview with Assistant General Manager of the Lakeland Magic of the D-League at Atunji Adedipe. Guys, what were your takeaways from that interview? Um, it, it's great to see Tunj. Of course, I went to school with him. Uh, shout out to the Bobcats. Um, and great to see him make that transition from a player to, you know, all the, the you know, entering into that uh, workforce uh, with the NBA, you know, as he mentioned, is extremely competitive and tough. Um, but the thing I love most was, uh, you know, he credited God to, you know, for everything that, you know, to where he is, for where he's headed. Um, so I'm excited about what the young man is going mm -hmm. to be able to do. Um, I would encourage him to keep God first and I'm excited to see what all he's going to be able to do. Yeah, man. I, uh, I think for me, it's, um, one is, it's just exciting to talk to, uh, the brother who, um, who stuck in there, you know, took his passion and made a career out of it. Um, a lot of us get discouraged and feel like our nine to fives have to be something that just pays the bills. Uh, but hey, man, you put pursuit to your passion and you find yourself in a situation where you get to do uh, what you love for a living. Um, and that's and I think that's dope, man. So, you know, hey, I can take that. Hopefully the listeners take that with them and uh, they strive for something. Uh, that's even greater than what they currently see. I'm also excited to see, uh, you know, what he was referring to as far as uh, the G League and the NBA really putting an effort to establish a farm system. Um, I love I love year-round basketball. So if we're going to see something that's formalized, uh, that's going to promote the NBA brand, but also give guys more opportunities, hey, that's amazing. So, hey, ballers of the world, just, uh, just be on the lookout and keep on pressing, working on your game because – Looks like some things are coming down the pipeline. It's going to be exciting. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, once again, big shout out to Tunji for joining us for our first ever interview. It's always great to hear these stories of people that have accomplished so much, even in er the early part of their career. Um, he's really been working hard. Shout out to him. Shout out to the Orlando Magic, the Lakeland yeah. Magic. Much more success. And that's it. That is your special episode of the 3 in 1 podcast and our first ever guest uh, from Cleveland, Ohio, international Ian Lamont Morgan. Woo! Yes, sir. From Cincinnati, Ohio, Keith Turner Jr. That is I. And your boy Malcolm Morgan here in the capital city. Thank you for joining us for this bonus episode of the 3 in 1 podcast. We'll see you next time. Boom. Confetti, confetti. Confetti.